What up? Is Yinka Dez? Peace, this is Outlaw. Hey, listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we are very happy to bring you the 25-year tribute for Midnight Marauders by Tribe Call Quest, released November 9th, 1993. Relax yourself. <laughs> we got two uh, special guests. Carlos back again in the studio. Hello, everybody. And of course, we got Panama Jackson, fresh off of his uh, his wedding. What up, what up? <laughs> Congratulations, brother. Appreciate, Congratulations. Appreciate it. Oh, that's the shine I see. So obviously, this is one of the pivotal hip-hop classics, I would say. And right. uh, so, you know, it wasn't just enough for Yink and I to speak on this. Obviously, Calma uh, and Panama are two very big fans of Tri Call Quest and this album in particular. So yeah. we had to bring them back into the studio to get their their thoughts on this. So for sure, for sure. I uh, think one of the most important things about this album is kind of the where were you. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the youngest person in the room here, so like my yes. where were you is is gonna be like <laughs> not really gonna line up properly. So I definitely will be interested to hear where everybody kind of was when they consumed this album. This right here is the soundtrack of my life, basically. Of your life, all right. In the sense that prior to this album, you know, I was aware of hip-hop, a few songs here and there, but Mm. my upbringing, you know, it was just merengue, bachata, salsa. It was that type of household where it's like, you know, hip-hop, all that, whatever. (laughs) But this just got into, like, my bone marrow. You know, this is what really uh, took me in. And then, you know, from there, Nas, Biggie, and, and I mean, it's a rap. Like, right. most of us 80s babies. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all hip-hop, but everyone has an intro. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was Tribe. Low End Theory kind of started it, but this mm-hmm. one is, is definitely the one that I OD'd on. So, so how did you come to hear this yes. album? That's a really good question. I'm pretty sure that it, it has to do with one of my older cousins. Mm-hmm. But also, this album really was, was kind of one of those crossover successes where bowling alleys and <laughs> right, ice right. skating rinks and that sort of thing yeah, yeah so so you'd hear it everywhere and more so than just the radio and yeah. whoever had cable at the time i read something i was reading up on it and um they said that uh talib quali they allowed talib quali to give his top 20 albums this was obviously in his top 20 and he got to give like a inner rears kind of like double xl rating and he gave it a double xl and he said that he was like, they made underground music so good that it went pop. Like, it's underground music that's that good that it's Agreed. pop. Like, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, so I'm probably the oldest one in the room. So this <laughs> album dropped when I was 14. Right. Okay. But, true story, I couldn't care less about A Tribe Called Quest when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Down South, I was definitely into West Coast music. I was right. all death rowed out. <laughs> yeah, Ice Cube likewise. and all death row. <laughs> um, Outkast, 8-Ball, MJG, all that. Obviously, I knew Electric Relaxation because it was all on the videos. And it was on uh, the... And the joint uh, banged. The, it was dope. It was on the uh, Wayans Bros. Yeah. Uh, and look, and the video was awesome. So most of... Because I grew up in Germany, most mm-hmm. hip-hop music I got like pre... 94 i got through videos that people would you know mixtapes that i'd steal from my older sister or videos that my mom and cousins would send to us that had all these rap city episodes Mm -hmm. and all this stuff on it so i'd find out about stuff that way so this album i don't even remember buying it back then i i definitely didn't have it back then i probably didn't get full body into this until i got to college yeah that's when i really started getting heavy into sampling like who sampled what like mm-hmm. i love dre but i didn't realize what he was sampling you know what right, i'm saying right, like right. i loved all that i loved organized noise i didn't realize that they were sampling mm-hmm. college i got heavy into crate digging and that's when this album rose like rose from all the way to yeah. it exists to it was numbered probably number two or number three on my favorite albums of all time yeah. i think at this point it's my favorite album ever hip-hop wise it's the one album if i got stranded on a desert island i would take with me mm-hmm. recently supplanting de la soul is dead wow. because that was for the longest time of my life that's mm-hmm. one of those albums where i could tell you exactly where i was when i heard it right whereas right. this album i can't but it has taken over that spot in my life so yeah. let me ask so what were some of the records that you were digging or that you found like some of the samples that you dug up that really impressed you about this album i mean obviously there's some of the more the obvious one. So you right. have like, you know, Weldon Irvin award tour. Mm-hmm. I think it's what Ronnie Foster is yes. the, uh, Mr. Brew. Brew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the mini Ripperton joint at the yeah. end. I forget yeah. the name of that now, song. My but, favorite sample on this is actually, sad to say this from a Bill Cosby album, Marvin's funeral for we can get down. Okay. Uh, like yeah. I yeah. love that sample on we can get down. You're like, <laughs> I, I remade the beat because of that sample. <laughs> it made my own version yeah, I used of to do this that song. Too. Like I made my own version of this song right. because of that sample. Yeah. But I love the Cal Jader, um, like the, even the intro joint, like the Aquarius sample for the tour guide. Yeah, like, yeah. 
God lives through. I mean, geez, like I, I have a sample set. Like I burnt like all the songs. I think it's like 34, almost 40 different samples on this yeah. album. And I have each one of them like laid out on like a playlist somewhere <laughs> because I love it that much. The lyrics yeah. to go sample also was very yes. impressive. That many. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's the one that has many. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah but, and, and what they did with her voice because it kind of creates yeah. like, a, like a drone effect throughout yeah. the whole, it's, it's filtering before impressive. filtering was a yeah. thing. Right. Right. Yeah. The crazy sort of thing, thing about that mini sample is that when I first heard this song, I didn't actually realize that was a voice. It wasn't until I went back to listen to the song, I'm like, oh shit, like she's singing. Yeah. And then he's looped it so well. Like, I can hear it, it now. It sounds it's, like it's an instrument. Now. Yeah, no, you're right. It's obvious now, but like right. before I knew anything about that, I just thought it was a, like an instrument, yeah. just like a tone. Dude, that joint could go yeah. today because yes. it sounds of just course. like these songs. Yes. The way yeah. they, the way all these producers like filter those like sam- vocal samples mm-hmm. and stuff, right, right. that joint would go today just fine. They have to change the beats up a little bit. Quick but. segue on something you were saying when you were living in Germany. People showing up with these mixtapes, oh, yeah. especially recorded, like video, mm-hmm. that is like the real gold. Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny how albums like this would go gold or platinum kind of through referral. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like you reminded me of other mixtapes and like the Stretching Barbados mixtape. <laughs> it's like yeah. that's more coveted than oh, man. anything in, in that time. This is crazy. Yeah, this is pre internet, yeah. pre. You yep. know, uh, uh, downloading whatever, so you just kind of relied on, on people doing that type of thing yeah, and having yeah. older siblings. Older I can't, siblings, I can't, older cousins. I've written a whole article about the fact that my older sister is responsible for my entire hip hop education because yeah. without her, without yeah. me being able to steal all her tapes and uh-huh. finding all these songs and whatnot, I don't know where I'd be in life. Okay. And I, so. I've said time and time again that the, the reason my introduction to being a, a huge hip hop fan was bad boy was because I had no older brothers or sisters. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I did, all the older people have been like, oh, that shit's whack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Outlaw, what about you? Yeah, so I could say my first experience with this was actually, so this, you know, it came out in 1993. This is before I really got into hip hop. Before, you know, I was having to listen to anything that my parents were listening to or anything that my brother was listening to. I didn't get my boombox until the next year. But I remember the song Award Tour. Like, I I saw a video here and there. And I remember one time um, it came on the radio. The way it worked was, like, your parents had control over what we heard on the radio. Mm -hmm. And if there were no good songs or it was all commercial, Mm -hmm. I got to say, hey, can we go to my station, right? So we go to my station and a war tour is on. And so, (laughs) you know, there's a line where he says, um, he's like, "Uh, niggas, take off your coats, ladies, act like gems or something Uh like that, right? Mm -hmm. My mom heard that as, take off your clothes, comma, ladies. And she was like, oh, no, we're turning this off. Because she thought... (laughs) She thought that uh, Q-Tip was telling the, the, the girls to take out the clothes, and it was just like, I just remember being so disappointed when we had to cut the station, and I was like, damn, like, I really fuck with that track. So, but for, so that was actually, that was my only real story I have from when this album was released. But um, it wasn't until after the fact, when I really started to get into my hip-hop education, I've talked about that at nauseum. how, you know, right, right around this time, 98, 99, I'm going back and I'm listening to all the old cats, and so one of the groups that went into my queue was Tribe Called Quest and then I went back to go listen to this so this was right around 99 I think when I really got into this album Mm -hmm. and it was just you know kind of blown away and it kind of speaks on what Panama's had to say and I'm not sure when Carlos heard this but I think that one of the reasons why so many people particularly in our demographic rate this album so highly is because that a lot of us maybe didn't really digest this when it came out but all of us who have gone back to listen to it are like wow this album is really 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 good Yeah. so that's kind of my experience with it like you said I think I remember Electric Relaxation from, from the Wayans Bros I think that was one of my early introductions Award Tour as well I don't even remember really remember where I heard it but I remember it being like one of those records that really piqued my interest like I was like what is this it sounds really dope you know because it was like it sounded like they were on stage rocking a show but it was a it was a song recorded in the studio you know and then obviously it's just so jazzy and smooth so it, it was dope to me but still this is around the time it's in 93 94 I'm I, don't, I still don't really know that much. I'm like, I'm listening to what's popular and what's popular is Death Row. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm listening to like mostly just West Coast music. I think around the time you're talking about, like maybe in the late 90s, like when I really, really got into hip hop, I think Q-Tip's name just kept popping up. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I'd buy like a compilation or something like that. I remember Lyricist Lounge. I was a big Lyricist Lounge baby. And Q-Tip was on uh, The Body Rock, which was the first single right. that they put right. out. So so he kind of kept popping up on stuff. 
And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't think his verses were good. Well, so I was like, he's not a good rapper. Yeah, so I was like, so I was like, let's not overstate the fact that my man is not a good rapper. So we'll get to that. No, 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 no. So, like, I was like, why do people think this guy's so amazing? It made me want to go back and listen to the music to figure out why everybody kept being like Q tip, Q tip, and he was, his name was on everything. So I went back and I heard this and I thought it was great, but I think I still was just like, oh, this is this is dope. Like this is music I put on, I clean up the crib, like it's it's dope. I was still into super lyrical, you know, and mm-hmm. there was no super lyrical. The same way actually I was when I first consumed Slum Village. When I first heard Slum well, Village, nobody I was can like, rap at Slum Village. Yeah, <laughs> their early stuff I was like, Except for I was like hey. but he's late yeah. to the game. Yeah, he was later, exactly. <laughs> so so then I really got into the infamous. And then I heard that Q-Tip was responsible right, for right, right, helping right. with the production on the Infamous. And then it made me you go back and too. consume this through a whole different lens. And I was like, this is like the other side of the Infamous. Like, if they weren't shooting people in Queens, they would have made this album. Like, it's like it's like two sides of Queens. You know what I mean? I think I that's that. what really made me like really go back and listen to this album and Low and Theory. I have the unpopular opinion that this is a better album than Low and Theory. I'm not sure that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should it we is. get into that now? Yeah. I was Please. Trying. Go for it. Please. Yeah. And I go mean, it, what's funny is that one of the tougher questions for anybody who likes hip hop mm. is, do you prefer Low End Theory or Midnight Marauders? I mean, right. we've all been asked that. We've all thought about it. Yeah. But for me, I mean, this is my intro to hip hop. I love mm. this album. Yeah. This so okay so there's two schools of thought here and i i i can buy both of them one this is a better album hands down period the the, the production is tighter lyrically is better sonically is better this joint knocks yeah you know what i'm saying the joint knocks like if you put it in the car like i listen to god lives through so much just because of that knock yo these drums yeah amazing every every everything that they did on the low end theory they ramped up yeah every single way i agree low end theory is more impactful it changed the game Mm -hmm. so everybody who says the low end theory is a better album is usually older Mm-hmm. And you know me saying that I'm not I'm almost 40 but even older people they all believe Low and Theory is better out. It's album. kind of a where but you were more probably. impactful because right. it was a complete departure from people's instinctive rhyme. Like it was a complete yeah, departure. Yeah. It changed everything hip hop wise. It really ushered in the whole jazz sample and all that uh-huh. that type of sampling. So this is a better album. I think indisputably it's a better <laughs> album musically. Impactfully, this did not impact nearly as much as the low end theory did because it completely that. changed the game. Yeah, that's fair. And following a classic is always uh, right. Yeah, and so they didn't task. have the the. I guess I'm calling it sophomore jinx because I don't count people. So wait, wait, I cannot count that. <laughs> album. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. I don't, that I don't, was the I, first five mic album in the source. I'm I'm good on people's personally. Interesting. I, mean, I don't like it that love, much either. Yeah, but I, I, I love you know. I love Benita Applebaum. I mean, you know, it's not like on that much. Can I kick it? Is on there? Is can I kick it? Yes, it is. No, can I kick? I think it's on, I think it's it's on, on, on low, low end. Yes. No, no, it's on low end theory. It's on no, low end. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's on low end. I think it's on low. It's the one that where you really got to see what Fife could do. That's why. That's why. Like yeah. low end theory also ramps up because Fife actually gets some some time. We we need to fact check this. I really think it's no. On, no we have dude. That's why we got phone. <laughs> Boom, can, I can, I yeah, can I kick it? Left my wallet. El Segundo. Oh, you know what? You know. Oh, luck of Lucian. Because I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of bugging out. That's what I'm uh, thinking about. Okay. I'm thinking of bugging out because I just I just messed. Up. I'm like, yo, microphone check one two. That's right, not can I kick just, it, yeah, right? And it does. Yes, can I kick it? Definitely sounds more like a people's instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. just the just the slow down, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's super slow. All right, so we were where were we at? I'm, I'm well, we were talking nice. about oh, which awesome. is better between <laughs> yeah, Midnight yeah. Marauders and Low and Theory. Yeah, so I mean, I I like fall squarely in the camp of of this being the better of the two albums. I read that they talked to Bob Power who, you know, was the mixing mastering engineer for for both of these albums. And he was talking about how first time around, Tip kind of let him do his thing. And he said, you know, he would take the samples and he would spend, you know, endless hours kind of sculpting them to take out all the feedback and everything. He said, you know, he tried to do that on the first couple of tracks here, and Q-Tip was like, nah, leave that shit back in. He had to go do the mixes over oh, again. It's going to sound let, more raw. Yeah, to make it sound. And I, I mean, I think that's Good part of, of what's so beautiful about this album is like, it just has like a real natural feel to it, you know. Um, and it's just it's, good. It's, yeah, and it's just good. It's just um, the samples are like the this samples. is one of those albums where every sample. The only song I don't care about care for that much is the Chase Part Two. Mm. I don't care for that joint at all. But everything on this, the sample, it's just the perfect samples. The perfect It's kind of like on yeah. the score, the Fuji's. Like you know, yeah. the only reason that album, because listen, everything is a four-bar loop on that joint. <laughs> right. Two-bar loop in half the songs. <laughs> yeah. But it just happens to be. 
the best two bar loops yeah. that you could you could get in '96. You know right. what I'm saying? I think also though the mix has a lot to do with it. Like the mix is just so perfect uh, on this whole album, and I think you know I read one review that said something about like this album is very hooky. And I was like, that's that's actually true. Like, you know, even the verses, like, you know, I mean, with the exception of the records where they're kind of telling a story, the verses are very hooky. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just like these little kind of catchy things that you, you know, bust off on your couch. Now you got Seamus furniture. <laughs> <laughs> little things that you got. Greatest tribe line of all time, by the way. There's not a better line <laughs> in tribe uh, podcast history. And to nah, top really. it off, Starks got ejected. It's like, oh, yo, it's like, you know what I mean? So know. let me ask y'all real quick. Does anyone have any lowlights for this album? You mentioned Chase Part yeah, 2. Yeah, I just but don't care. Does about anyone that. else have any lowlights? Because I don't. Anyone? Because normally when we go back and we, we revisit these albums, we do our tributes, we do highlights, yeah. lowlights. If no one has any lowlights, let's just get that out of the I mean, like when, when, when a song has this much heat on it, I mean, there obviously there's going to be tracks that you prefer over others, but right. even the ones that were quote-unquote skip-worthy mm -hmm. in comparison to the other ones, right. you go back and you just, like, this beat was dope. Yo, but that's what's this so amazing about this album. There were records that, to me, felt skip-worthy, and then I accidentally maybe left them on or something like that, and then, and then you, I, you just something. go into the world of that track, and you're like, oh my god, actually, this is amazing. <laughs> so and it becomes your favorite song. <laughs> and I will say I'll, I will say one thing, that because what, what you just said, you know, Q-Tip and whether or not he's a good rapper... I've heard that before, mm -hmm. and to me, just his cadence, his voice. His flow is good. I like it. He's got I've the always voice. considered yeah. him as a good rapper, yeah. but you know, it's not something I'm going to argue. Man, I've had people say, yo, top five, top 25, no. And, no, they, and, no. they, and they mention his name, and I'm no. just like, why, why? Well, I mean, I think it's just Tribe has such a command in their lane. Sure. I mean, they do what they do so well that, that yeah. for, I mean, it's an impact thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who who, who kind of rate high in, in some people's view, and it's more because mm. of like that impact and that command that they have of their lane. Yeah, when you start comparing them to other lyricists, that's you know that, that's when it's like a sobering conversation. I feel like Tip wouldn't put himself in the top uh, twenty-five. He probably wouldn't. I mean, look, I was so I was in college when I remember having conversations where we'd have those. Yo, starting five. You had to pick five rappers. Like, who would you put in? I remember Q-Tip making it into the conversation. Almost yeah. everybody, like, we were all like, "Yeah, man, Q-Tip, man, we gonna be." And I'm like, I look back on this now, like, my God. <laughs> I think like, it's like that, Kanye. That, speak, that speaks so much to what you're talking about impact. We yeah, thought yeah. because of Tribe and their presence and what we felt about them as a group, yeah. and because Tip is the, the leader of the group. Like, yeah, Tip is. I think Tip it's like good Kanye because people people put Kanye Kanye's in their top Kanye's a better 25. rapper than Tip is. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Kanye's a much better rapper than Q-Tip. I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. I'm just gonna disagree. I, 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 think, disagree I don't with think that, that either of them should be in these conversations about best MCs. I, well, like, and let, I think, let's put let's, if if you put rappers in tears, for example, Slick Rick. It's hard to say he is the best, but it's just it's his cadence, his voice, the tone. Guru is one of those that is just trash. It, it, okay, sure. Wow, that's a little harsh. <laughs> that's harsh. But that's I mean, harsh. I, I wouldn't go to trash. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't say trash. I see. I see the barometer you're measuring with. And it's like you know, I respect that, but it, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh -huh. if you put them in tears. Then, then you say, okay, this is the group that is more of a flow, cadence type of thing. Mm -hmm. And you can find people in West Coast and Dirty South and that is more cadence and flow Absolutely. as opposed to, you know, just Snoop long four-syllable words yeah. type of rapper. So, I mean, it's like I feel he falls into one of that category. And it's hard mm -hmm. to compare apples to apples with I think the one thing I'll give him that I think goes a lot longer way than people are willing to admit is when you have a voice that's that distinguishable. Yeah, he sounds like, great you know, on everything. I mean, you, he cuts through on everything. Yeah, everything. He sounds you know great his voice when you hear it. Um, and that's what Wayne what Wayne kind of gets away with, in my opinion. Everybody's like, Wayne could, spit because Wayne, Wayne could read the, the alphabet, and you'd be like, yo, because his voice, you, you hear it, you know it. But he like, actually can rap. Like, well, he can, there, but. There were years where Wayne legitimately could claim to be the best rapper doing it. I, I, I now, agree. he was high off his gourd when he was doing that. But, <laughs> and I, let me say this about what you said about Guru. I do think Guru's a terrible rapper. I'm very clear about this. I can't get what you However, I do understand why people like Guru. Mm -hmm. His mm -hmm. voice, as monotonous as it is, sounds good on the records he was on like he sounded good on everything he was doing same with tip same with snoop snoop sounds great on everything that yeah, he because his voice is so distinctive. right right in the funny thing so like krs can rap but i'm not a big krs fan but you know also because of the way that he attacks records he sounds dope on everything like he sounds yeah. like he's supposed to be there he bodies them joints so there's a tier of rappers 
that is very voice specific that I think several of them probably aren't great actual rappers, like technically, but, and y'all know I'm not a big technical rapper dude, like I couldn't care less for the most part. I just want the shit to sound good, but, um, you know, Tip is definitely one of those people who is like, yeah, if you actually had to break down, if you read his lyrics, you're gonna be like, why is this dude famous? Right. I've actually been having this conversation with some folks at work, and I think that one of the things that people are kind of like conflating is the idea of like the MC and the the career or like the like mm-hmm. the artist, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that as an MC, you know, Q-Tip is not in any of my top list. Period. Like right. he's probably not even in like my fourth tier of MCs, right? But in terms of a hip hop artist, I mean, he's in yeah, the but elite. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying people are having MC conversations, but, and but he's on mix, their list. But people mix things up all the time, and I think it's our responsibility, just to ourselves, not to the culture. Just do people to still ourselves. do that though? Like, do people, yeah. you still have conversations with people where they put Q-tips so as just, a? I, I think, even it's, I think those it's like I think it's one of those weird like hip hop rites of passage, right? Where everybody has their top ten, right? And like Nas is in everybody's. Sure. Biggies and everybody. So everybody wants to have like some pick that's like, oh, you know, I'm right. more hip hop yeah. than you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they add people in and you're Chino just like, XL. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, come on, man. Like I-, I know who that is, and I still don't think that you're right. You know so, what I mean? So going back to one of my uh, original questions, um, and you guys kind of talked about, spoke on this a little bit. When I asked about the lowlights, the reason why I want to get that out of the way and to get to my highlights is because my highlights. We're kind of going to answer the question as to why I think that this album would be better than Low End Theory, right? Okay. So my main highlight for this album is the sequencing. Yeah. We spoke a little bit on Equimini, how you know that that ten tracks, in my opinion, are is like one of the best ten track runs, and I stand yep. by that. But I would actually say that the sequencing on this album is probably the this is probably the best sequenced album in hip hop history, and the reason why is because I think that track by track some of these songs are not all that strong on their own but they work together as an album better than any other collection i've heard in hip-hop and i think that there are some songs on low end theory that are actually a lot better than these so obviously Mm -hmm. the standout on this electric relaxation there's no there's no debate about that but then i would rather listen to excursions bucking out check the rhyme what's the scenario like if i'm just going to go back and listen to an individual song there are more songs on low-end theory that i would rather listen to on this but when i went back recently to go listen to this like you know i'm not the biggest fan of eight million stories or suck a nigga (laughs) but when i put this album on i have to listen to them back to back to back i can't skip these tracks even though some of them are not all that that strong on their own when they play back to back i just have to listen to the whole thing and then you know uh, i'm on a long drive in my car the album repeats and it's just it's the same old thing like i once i put it on i can't skip any tracks like so for yeah. me you know that's going to be my highlight but that's also the reason why i think that this album i would put it above low end theory that's just my take on it but i mean the way, the way it came thoughts. together was was a thing of beauty starting yeah. with i mean the fact that there's a tour guide you know oh like, yeah. yeah so even even like their approach to it and i really liked how they personified that album art which mm, yeah that was though on your feet you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like they personified it. It's like, you know, uh, I can't remember exactly what she said, but, you know. She's I, like, I'm I, the person from the cover. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm the, you know, album cover. And, and so it's like, okay. So it's like they're presenting this album like a program, which kind of maybe subconsciously is what, you know, straps you in for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you do right through it. And even lyrically, it just seemed like they were just very cohesive, tipping and fife on, on the way Definitely they were going back together. and forth. And not to turn a little bit here, but what what did you guys think about the album cover? Because a lot of people talk about it being one of the best in history. And the fact that like all the different covers have different faces on them. Mm -hmm. Um, They also, I I read something that said like for the time frame, this was one of the most unifying and one of the last unifying efforts in that like he had a lot of West Coast faces. He had some down South faces. He had some New York faces. So, you know, kind of blended the lines when they were starting to do that whole east coast over here west coast over here thing so highlights anyone so you have now shifted my mind into sequencing whether or mm-hmm. not this is the best sequence out. so you know my mind immediately went to <laughs> like every album i could possibly think of so i'm yeah, we'll, we'll have this conversation at some other point i, I think, don't i think I, yeah, I wouldn't argue that with that I, dude i'm thinking of stuff like death certificate it joint mm-hmm. had like 20 damn tracks on it but man that joint roll anyway 
Like I'm, I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend the next week obviously focused on this. For me, I don't actually disagree with you about the highlights on the low end theory. So there are songs on the low end theory that are, but like Definitely. when I think of bugging out, Definitely. check the rhyme is probably check, the check definitive, the yeah. in my opinion, definitive like tribe song. It's one of my favorite bass it's drops. There. Period. Yeah. And it's also the ringtone on my phone. I love check yeah, the rhyme. I mean, yeah. there's nowhere you can't play check the rhyme where right. it ain't gonna get a reaction out of people. Based you know what I'm saying? Based. So I do agree that there probably are there are songs that are better on that album than 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 this hands down. But I can't deny just how like when I think of a war tour for instance. Mm-hmm. It's just such a good song. Like it the, is. The, it is. the vibe on this album is perfect. Yep. That that's for what sure. it is for me. So when I when yeah. I think of the highlight, like I think the reason yeah. why I love it so much because of the samples, number one. It's just a perfectly sampled That's album. Perfect drums everywhere. Yeah. Perfect everything, but the vibe on this joint is perfect. Even the BPM, yeah. like like she says at the beginning, it's between uh, like it stands between that. And you're like, man, but you know what? That is the perfect ride music BPM apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. I can listen to this joint and it just knocks. I remember and Fife so. sounds dope on this album. Yeah, he does. Okay. He does. Uh, somebody, I don't know if it was somebody who wrote it or they they talked about the intro being like elevator music, but yeah. like oh, like the music sound, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know you're 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 going to this level of just like yeah. you know, dope oh, that's dope. I never thought about it. Like or, yeah, I mean you know because it gets uh. you there, and then like Steve Biko started up those horns, man. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you know, yeah, just to start it off, and it's like uh, all the highlights. I mean, it was funny. A lot of the quotables are fight. Yeah. Well, they're all Fife, for real, for real. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fife never gets his credit as being yeah, a good he rapper. Did. He never gets that. So one of the the funny stories, I guess, <laughs> that I've heard from this album is Electric Relaxation, supposedly, they went in the studio, they wrote their verses, and they said, hey, let's do this funny thing where we just switch and we rap each other's shit. So supposedly, Q-Tip wrote... Bust off on your couch now. You got Siemens furniture. That's that's Interesting. his verse. I need I need to receive each other's. <laughs> I need to receive because that fits in line with every other with every other, every other Fife lyric on the rest of the album. No, yeah, I, I would agree. agree. Like no, my man was my head. man was on like Super Saiyan level punchline. <laughs> it was definitely his best uh, his best work in my opinion. But um, I would say my highlights are the samples, like you said, the mixes. The yeah. mi- the mix is just incredible. Um, I've seen them perform this shit live and like. Just the way it hits, you know, I saw them, <laughs> I actually saw them at a, a show, it was like, I think it was, used to be called Rock the Mic or whatever that festival yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, it was Rock, Rock the Mike, Bells, yeah. Rock, Rock the Bells, Bells. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and that. it was up near Baltimore. It was supposed to be Slick Rick, Rock Kim, I think it was. Slick Nas Rick, was there one Rock of those years too. Yeah, yeah, he was there the day I went. So yeah. uh, then it was supposed to be Lauren Hill, and then uh, this, Tribe yeah. Called Quest, and then at wow. the end was supposed to be Snoop Dogg and Friends. So like the dog pound and all mm-hmm. that. Right. So, of course, Lauren Hill doesn't show up. Yeah, she didn't show so up. I remember that. We're, we're all there and we're like, we're standing there for like two hours, you know, waiting between the Slick Ricks and everybody performed. We're just standing there. It's like two hours go by. So finally they say, all right, look, we're going to push Tribe Called Quest up. And I actually felt sorry for her because... If you've ever seen a tribe show, they fucking tear it down. And additionally, in the middle of their set, they brought out Busta. Oh, <laughs> Busta did okay. Oh My God, right. and then did his own set. So I mean, Tribe had had it at a nine and a half, maybe. Like I mean, the whole crowd's going crazy. They, they're on top of speakers dancing. Everybody's dancing. And then you know, Busta came out. I could barely even hear him. It was so loud in there. Like, and he's like jumping. He's climbing through the crowd, doing all kind of crazy stuff. So he tore it down. Then we waited another hour. Then Lauren came out. So everybody's already mad at Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> then she has to rock after that. So when she did rock, With miseducation, whatever she, she was doing. Yeah, she was doing like a lot you of. Know, she has to do she like remixed. Yeah, remixed yeah, it was that remix. Yeah, she had two drummers. The drummers weren't even in sync with each yeah, other. I've heard about that. She was dressed weird. She yeah. was doing these fast versions of all the songs on Miseducation. It was terrible. The energy's got to be off on that one. Yeah, then the no very way. end, she's like, all right, you know, I'm about to leave. People are booing. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I got a special friend. And then Nas, Nas comes, comes out. out. And they yeah, do I heard about all the world, tore it down. Then everybody's like, okay. Then then they was, they was clapping for Lauren. Then Wu came out. That's what, right. Then Wu came out. Wu performed. They killed it. And then Nas came back on stage and did verbal intercourse. And then Snoop and them did, did a whole death row set. So that, that drum was crazy. But anyway, I just say that to say the way their records sounded, like on a live system, was just different. Like it just, it hits you in a way where it's like 
you feel the records and that is mixed like you know because other people sampled and other people did drum things i know q-tip said that he for working on this album he paid attention to specific drum frequencies and like he was putting like matching certain frequencies with each other and i mean you could feel it so um those are my main highlights midnight is a highlight for me the night is on my mind. Yeah, just woo, it just takes me somewhere. Yo, that record takes me somewhere. And I don't know if y'all saw the um I appreciate the that. documentary, uh, the Tribe Called Quest documentary. Right. But uh, where's the Rappaport? Yeah, the Rappaport. Yeah. There's a scene where Midnight comes on, and I don't even remember what happens in the scene, but I just remember it just being transporting me. And then finding out actually that Raphael Sadiq is Raphael Wiggins mm -hmm. and was involved on Midnight just made it make that much more sense. Um, so that's definitely a highlight. Man, it's hard to like pick specific songs because like you said, like Low In Theory, I can go, yo, I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. This is just, you just put it on and mm -hmm. it just rocks. Like, I don't know. That's the, that's my take on it. Highlights for me, Steve B, go stir it up. Yeah. Award tour. I mean, come on. No one could deny it. Uh, electric relaxation might be the yeah. best sampled song in hip hop. It's just that smooth. It's 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 insane. Just the re relaxation you get, <laughs> ironically, yeah. from just listening to it. Them, and them making a song that's supposed to be a girl record, but it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be. Because remember yeah. back then it was like, oh, good. I got my girl record, and it's like it sounds like they're trying to make a girl record. This just sounds like a dope record well, that happens to be about. You it's know. it's also, in my opinion, one of the more impressive hip hop records, at least to the date at the time of this release, right? One of the things about this record that is so impressive to me is that it's not a 4-4 loop. It's a 3-4 loop. Each bar is four beats, but then there's only three bars per loop, which is something that not a lot of hip hop songs can really do. Yeah. So like if you think about like a 16 bar verse, you can't really spit a 16 bar verse on a three, four measure, mm -hmm. but they do it on here and it <laughs> works. And I think that the average listener is not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. But folks who know like do the math like go that's back the and listen jazz to this influence shit. Yeah, exactly yeah, that's the yeah, jazz influence jazz go back and listen to it and you'll be like wow like you're right like yeah. it cuts off like a bar short right. but then it, it just reached uh, anyway it's really impressive the way that they actually managed to write the lyrics to this track because i think that measure would have thrown off a lot of other cats so. Yeah, yeah. so then uh to wrap up my highlights we can get down the chase part two and lyrics to go are songs that i, I love lyrics to go. love yeah. i love and lyrics to go emphasis on the word love it's like these get emotional reactions not misty-eyed i'm boohoo and runny nose type of thing <laughs> but it's like it moves something inside of you like yeah. you know you, you you actually feel those songs yeah. we can get down is i'm glad that you mentioned it you know starting the show off because it is that dope pay closer attention to that song like the beats i mean even the scratching the samples yeah, yeah that were used for it, including the, the, the samples of just lyrics from other songs and how it gets, uh, what is it? At, at the end, uh, why, why yeah. waste time um, on, on the, the mic? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a fantastic song and that's how I feel about the chase and lyrics to go. Mm. Love those songs. Yo, what do y'all think about Fife's story on 8 million stories? I mean, my man was having problems. <laughs> it's problems. Yo, he really had a shitty day, man. though. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a shitty day. Track. Like, my man ended up in Boston. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. just, like that doesn't happen nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I find hard to believe that happened back then, but yeah, you know. Yeah, no, dog. But you can't, you can't just get on no, anybody's random airplane, dog. <laughs> but, uh, but I was yeah. telling you, right? I was When I was going through the sequencing of the album, like 8 million stories is not something that I go back and revisit but yeah. after a war tour when it comes on I find yeah. myself just listening I'm like man like I beat it dope, I, I feel yeah, you it's fire true, fire true like, yeah, I, I feel dope. you man it, it like, starts with like a bunch of just like random annoyances and you're just like who cares <laughs> like, <laughs> out of curiosity I, I, I never knew what the deal was with leading into the whole uh Help me, man, help, help me, help, help, help me, Muhammad. Like, do you know what the story is? I with think that? it was just Q-Tip being stupid. I, yeah, I don't know. I thought guess. it was a joke. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. The, that uh, is random, though. The follow-up to that track five, the one that immediately follows eight million stories. All right, y'all have all have y'all seen Try Call Quest perform? Everyone here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> what is your reaction when Sucka Nigga comes on and the white people are singing along? Well, I've never seen that happen. Oh, so I, I saw them perform in the nineties. 
Okay. So like I, I I saw that and there were only black people at the show because I was in Atlanta. And maybe I just was going so crazy when they performed that song I didn't notice I, I didn't think about it. So when I saw them perform was in 2006 and this was back when like they were first like rumors that they were gonna come back together right, and start right, doing right. shows and whatnot. So it was a big deal and the the venue where they were performing was at Love Dream Nightclub right in uh, Northeast DC. Right. And so uh, I was in school at the time I had to. Um, yeah, I had to like catch the Greyhound back. There's a whole bunch of. <laughs> you went up just for the show? Yes, I went up just for the show. Nah. Uh, one of my friends, I won't say his name, but he got drunk and threw up all over my car. We had to drop him off. I had to clean the shit off, and then we still went to the show. I was not going to miss Tribe, <laughs> right? It was, you know, and it's at love. It's not like a concert yeah, hall. Exactly. It was just on the dance floor, right, but whatever. Right, right. Anyway, they come out. The joint is. is bumping everyone's having a good time yeah. and then they dropped sucking again i was not expecting them to actually perform it uh-huh. half of the audience was white right. and i remember me, my friends and i were just looking at each other like damn like have y'all no shame like i get it but do you yeah. have to be part of this moment like wow it was just i don't know it was interesting i'm actually surprised that no one else has, else has had that experience i haven't even I had haven't. the thought <laughs> yeah. that may be insensitive of me but it didn't occur to me like i said when i went where i was it was like I had a rumble pack on. What's that? What's that thing? Sub pack, the uh, the speaker that you could trap to yourself because the bass was just hitting and they were just tearing it down. I didn't even think about anybody else. You know what I'm saying? When I go to shows now, I do pay attention to that type of stuff. Yeah. When I see it coming, but I also know I ain't nothing I can do about it. Like you can't punch yeah. everybody. <laughs> right. So you know, it's like everybody gets a pass. I just get to side eye them. With- it's weird. I mean, this is a tangent, but have you guys heard about these situations occurring? We talked about the Kendrick Lamar situation right. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where like some of these newer artists are like, you know, I want white people to say nigga. I want them to say it at my show. Like that's a very low Wayne way of thinking uh, about life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he's not alone though. There yeah. a lot of them on that shit. So yeah, that's weird to me. Yeah, anyway. I'm I'm not with that either. But <laughs> if I'm in the middle of a show, I mean, there really ain't nothing I could do. But yeah. I mean, it is one of those weird moments where you're right. You would hope that people wouldn't have enough decency to fall back on it. Right. But they also know there's nothing you can do. Like if it's one white dude in the audience, he's not mm-hmm. gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> he gonna know. And that for me, mm-hmm. I think most of the shows that I spent my life in have either been in Atlanta. Mm-hmm or in dc and mm-hmm. been largely black crowds i don't think mm-hmm. i've ever honestly been to like a rap concert because i've never gone see like stadium tour eh, that's not true jay-z and kanye i did mm-hmm. go see the oh, watch wow. um Throne, yeah. and it was i believe i was like if racial harmony is gonna happen it's gonna happen at the jay-z kanye <laughs> show because i've never seen this many types different types of people yeah. but i also had to um when niggas in paris came on i just had to look forward yeah, because I'm like I know this is gonna be bad, and I'm gonna be mad as hell if I just keep it fine. I had a conversation with a dude. I think he was the boyfriend of some guy or some girl that I was in. I was in a group of people with, and you know we were out and something like that happened, and we had a conversation about it. He was like, "Yeah, like what am I supposed to like? It's the lyrics. I'm singing the song. What am I supposed to say?" And I was like, "All right, let's say you like rap music. You're at home." Your mom's sitting across the table from you and you're rapping a, a song. The song is talking about bitches and hoes. Are you going to say bitch, ho in front of your mom? Or are you going to censor yourself? He was just kind of quiet. I was like, okay, so <laughs> if you can censor yourself in that situation, why would you not be able to censor a word? Because they want to be part of the moment. They got to be part of the moment. That's crazy to me. How do you, you know not- what? You know what? I, I know that it was, a, it was a problem for me, but I can't even lie. Like, the song came on, Suck a Nigga came on, and it knocked. Like, of course it does. I was like, of course it does. I was like, shit. You're right there. This album was surprisingly bass heavy. Like, like, so so did nobody have an issue with the fact that Tip has one verse on this song? He repeats twice. I used to. And then I just. I was like, why can't we get a second verse? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in your (laughs) camp solidly here. He got a lot of throwaway verses, and and it's (laughs) the music is so good that it's like it's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. I'm just. I, I deal with it. Obviously, I'm just always like, why can't? Yeah, so, as opposed just, to, you so you know, like um, one. <laughs> Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle, Saturday Love, it's the exact same verse uh-huh. when he sings it and when she sings it, but they sing it so differently. You, I didn't even realize this. I was listening to a podcast with <laughs> Alexander O'Neill. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, it really is the same verse <laughs> twice, but they sang it so differently. I didn't even notice. I don't even know if he spit that joint twice. They nah, just, they just run it back. It. Let's just run this <laughs> bitch back. Exactly you know what I'm saying? And that's the first. That's the first place I heard that be done. But then music after that repeats it like you know it's almost like they took that template so well, I mean, they do I, it in dance hall a lot 
Like on that song, I don't understand what's happening 90% of the time anyway. I'm there specifically <laughs> for the groove. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm there 100% to move. I but mean, are I you? But are it. you listening to Q-Tip for for the lyrics? Or but you, you, can't, or you so, there to move? Okay. You there to move too? You're, there's no way back then that you're listening to one of these albums and not listening to what's being said though. So yeah. I know the lyrics to every one of these songs. You know what I'm saying? Because as dope as the beats are, I actually cared about them as rappers. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention. This is the era where you're paying attention to what people are saying. Right? They just happen to be doing it over great beats. Like, I know all the lyrics to The Chronic. I know all the lyrics to Doggy Style. You know, I know all the lyrics to Southern Playlistic. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, maybe not as much. But yes, so I paid attention. I'm like, yo, <laughs> damn it, it's the same verse twice. Yeah. I couldn't get one more verse. Like, you couldn't even throw an extra eight bars on here. So that's going to be your low light then. I don't even think it's a low light. I just, it's, it's noticeable. You know what I mean? It's, it's It doesn't detract from it. I'm just like, because again, I don't think YouTube's a great rapper anyway. It's not like I need, it's not like I feel like I missed 16 hot bars from YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying like, my man didn't even try the second time. <laughs> And it ain't like and it ain't like that first verse is so poignant that it, it ain't like he definitively shut the whole shit down. I think that was probably my biggest issue with the song in general is that I don't think he really addressed the or tackled the subject. Well, yeah, like, he never. It, oh hell no, he didn't yeah. resolve anything. Dude, exactly. half the lines don't even make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I don't. What, what's the damn line? Hold up. Um, my lips are like a oof as I start to No, I'm fine with that because that just clearly doesn't make any sense. So, you know, like, it, that's not saying shit. And I'm fine with that. But, oh, then this is a line. Dude, like a fear one. He says fear one somewhere. And I'm like, what the fuck does it even mean? I, I have to try to remember exactly what the line I'm just like, this doesn't even make any sense. Because I was yeah. listening to this yesterday and I was like, I always try to dissect the damn lines because I'm like, this is just a fair one. Isn't that a fist fight? Yeah, you know, no, no, no. But in the context of the line, it didn't make any sense. Like, he wasn't saying shoot the fair one or nothing like that. Like, it was, I don't know. I have, I have, I have to revisit the specific line because yeah. I remember just thinking this it, was. It's, it's funny, though, because this is one of the records that people talk about when they're like, you know how we, we try to like put some deeper social purpose on a record just because it says it's about something. This is definitely one of those records. Like people are like, yeah, you know, um, Q-Tip addresses the use of the word nigga and how it blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it does, it? does he Does though? he really? I mean, I've, got, always, I've always had that same he exact He got credit response. for the word yeah. prophylactics. Like it was a safe sex song. My man says prophylactics. This is a safe sex anthem. Like, really? Like, word? Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, all you gotta do is say a word or two, and people gonna get people yeah. gonna do the work for you. Right. They gonna do the heavy lifting yeah. for you. Well, he like, put, we'll he, like, he, he said niggas, but he meant niggas. And, and he means. put he put the sucker in the front for the ones that front. That's yeah. true. So he did that. You're he welcome. That. <laughs> that's yeah. what he, that's what he did. You tip, man. That niggas is, that niggas ahead of so, the game. So here's a question to you guys, because I mean, what I found really interesting in, in this circle right here, I mean, for. Much of a Tribe Called Quest catalog, people just kind of write over. Oh, now you know, Q-Tip is that's that's the dude. He's like lyrically, every song is his verses. All I mean, do you guys feel in this album, Fife had the takeaway verses? Hell yeah, Fife had in the every most, song. Yeah. I, most wow. songs. I, can, I can, can you think of one that Q-Tip? And I'm just saying this is the, the first time shit. I've heard that. God lives through. Tip, tip got him. Kids recognize. Kids memorize me. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, God like lives through. Yeah, Tip got him on okay. God lives through. Okay. But um, hell yeah, ninety five percent of the time. Cause ninety five. I feel like war tour. Well, I feel like Electric Fife showed up on this album. Like, really I don't think people respect me. I need to show people yeah. that this is what I do. Yeah. Because I mean, all he had to do was literally show up. I mean. Tip did everything else, right? right. Tip, and, Tip and Shahid, and I'm not even sure that, how much Shahid yeah, did, but you know, Tip, yeah, yeah. you know, Tip shows up. Yo, producer, that was what was crazy. Heavy. I thought uh, w- back in the day when I first heard them that Shahid was doing a lot I of the production, so and too. then you I know, so come too. to find out, I like Q-Tip so. is really doing everything and being, and he had to convince Fife to come to the studio. Right. <laughs> even I was reading a little bit about them working on the album. They were talking about how this is around the same time frame where. Um, Q-Tip did One Love for Nas and, you know, the whole nine. And they were talking about how basically Fife Dog's grandmother just opened up her basement and allowed it to be Q-Tip's lab. And Q-Tip could go down there and do everything. A large professor was talking about how he brought Nas through, you know, the joint and stuff like that. But he was like, yeah, you know, he's like, we really liked going to the studio because it's a real down-home film. It's feel it's somebody's house. You know, it'd be like Q-Tip would just be in the lab just working away. And, you know, typically Fife is probably either watching a sports game or playing a sports game on a video game. And then he'd look up and 
and be like, oh yeah, that's hot. And then he'd go back to watching the game. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Honestly, that doesn't seem too far-fetched because I feel like Fife got to it on this album. But you're never going to call Fife one of the best rappers ever because a lot of his verses are like when he's on, like think of scenario, like when he's on, he's on, you know what I'm saying? But I don't get the impression that he was on a lot. Like even there are some verses on this album that are not great, but it's just he was clearly putting forth the effort, you know what I'm saying? And Tip was definitely Tip sounds good on everything, you know, to, to the point we were talking about earlier. He sounds good on everything, but the combination of the two of them with Tip's voice and Fife's pitchy but punchlines like he yeah. when he had a when he had a good punchline yeah, it, it was, was a really good punchline yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. so I'm a Fife fan as a rapper I know, I think mostly because I don't feel like he ever got his just due did you listen to his and I don't know if it actually came out officially or just got leaked but his solo album, uh, solo yeah, album it was like Ventilation Five or something foot. like that or ventilation model ones either well, way which okay. one because oh he had multiple i yeah. think he had multiple <clears throat> oh wow yeah I, I didn't listen to them i stuff. remember running into i remember running into fife and greenbrier mall in atlanta <laughs> oh yeah and um telling him how much i thought he didn't get his due as a rapper and he was so like appreciate yeah. that bro. this is before camera phone this is like right i mean Kyle, it's like 98 so you know right. like nobody had a camera ready for me to take a picture <laughs> with him like that but you know, it was really, it was yeah. uh, it was really one of them. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. So, like, you know, before you guys saw the movie, because I think everybody said they saw the movie. Did you guys know that that those internal tensions were happening? Because I had no idea. I was not surprised because I remember when they broke up. Q-Tip got on the radio and saying how like you know they didn't think they could provide for the sound anymore. Yeah, and they for were them really to do nice that, They it. had to kind of break away from what Tribe was doing. Right, right. But I, you know, I always kind of got a sense from Fife's lyrics the mm. five always rap with kind of like a chip on the shoulder mm. and so when i saw the play out in the documentary yeah. I, it didn't surprise me at i all. think what really stood out to me was jerobi jerobi's feelings towards q-tip yeah was what made me be like oh shit like they really did have an issue you know what i mean because jerobi yeah. felt like Q-Tip is shitting on his man, basically. It's, it's interesting because I, I know a lot of people didn't appreciate Michael Rappaport's directing yeah. of that. Q-Tip in particular, because yeah, he didn't like how right. he was portrayed. But it's funny because I remember watching the documentary and not mm-hmm. feeling that way at all. And maybe yeah. it's just my bias towards recognizing genius and just letting any other, other bullshit go. I'm like, look, right. that's a fucking genius. I don't really yeah. care. Mm-hmm. That's probably my own snobbish pretentious <laughs> bias that i have and, I, and i'll cop to that mm. but i actually don't remember having any negative views uh, of q up to yeah. after watching yeah. that i was just like i mean you know he yeah. wanted it to do it this way the guy's a fucking musical genius at least with his hip-hop yeah, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and with the sampling like i mean you know I, whatever i mean a lot of things yeah. point to q to being a pretty domineering type of presence yeah. because i mean when you're when you're good at something when you have that type oh, of vision it. or insight yeah you know i mean that's what you do and then in retrospect like after low end theory that's when jarovi was kind of like you know i'm, yeah, I'm gonna quit i'm out the group i'm, I'm out to go right. start cooking but then in <laughs> yeah, midnight marauders it's like yo come through come through yeah. um so you know yeah. you show up here and there but not really yeah. work-wise just kind of being you know with the them homie. Like, right just right. the homie just yeah. supporting what did he do they so, say he was just there like like cracking jokes and providing moral support okay yeah. well, that's support. Cool. I mean, he's so like then, three-fifths of the lost boys you know what i'm saying like you you get this sense that and you know it's like what you just shared all yeah. right this fantastic classic album took place in five dogs grandmother's basement right and the scenario you just gave is all right q-tip working away collecting all these samples putting them together measuring the bpms doing all this stuff and five dog looking over his shoulder at halftime <laughs> and saying yeah that sounds good right so in a sense you 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 know you get this sense that q-tip kind of carried things along yeah. for for some of it yeah but i'm sure he was a pain in the ass probably was probably. offensive here abrasive yeah. there but you know jerobi and and, and fife probably had to also recognize like all right so, i mean this happens with i mean name the rock band the front man feels I, I, I like think, though, that it's, way. it's just a little interesting just because right these two did grow up together right they're not like a like a put together group right and so another another good example is actually mob deep right like similar situation Prodigy's the one who comes with the equipment his mother's you know collection of, of records he teaches havoc how to make beats but he was like, as they started working, you know, they would they would each come in and kind of do their little thing on the first album. And, you know, he, he would touch it. Maybe one person would do the drums, one person bring the sample. He said, but Havoc started hogging the machine. But then he was like, 
but the shit he was making was so amazing mm -hmm. that I just got out of his way, right? Yeah. Like, if you know your boy, like, for, you know, for a long time, you kind of know when, all right, he's, that's just him. Like, he's just being him. You, you, you step away, you let him be him, and then, you know, you kind of get it back together. So it was just interesting that it felt like a long-held animosity between, you know, the folks in, in But you know what? So I'm going to take it a step further. Mm. I was not surprised by the time Beats, Rhymes, and Life came out because mm. the introduction of Dilla, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, so Tip goes into heavy producer mode, goes into heavy. You know, you can kind of tell when people have ideas in their head they can't get out in the way that they're doing it. They right, got to right. go find ways to think of Outcast, right? Yeah. Like they have things that they're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. That album to me is terrible, right? I know some people. I know some people like it's got some joints. It has some joints yeah, on it joints, as yeah. a cohesive album. Yeah, it is not very good. Like, so you're and, not a consequence fan? No, I no 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 no. Let me. Yes and no. Okay. Consequence with Kanye is awesome. Consequence with Tribe was not to me. And he was a kid though. But he was mad but he just but yeah. it was like the album had so many extra pieces and yeah, pull, you know yeah, like yeah. the, the you talk about how well mixed this album was. Think about Beats, Rhymes, and Life after. It's not. It's that muddy yeah, Dilla sound, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like a whole different type of animal. By the time the Love Movement comes along, they just sound like a bunch of dudes who. <laughs> Like I hated that album. Like I legit really? hated the Love Movement. I didn't and, hate it, but I feel what he's it's saying. It's not good. Yeah. Like it's, it, to me, it's not good at all. And it's Man, un, it's that it's, single is so it's fire. Damn near unlistenable. Yeah, find a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah find, find a way. Yeah, yeah. It's actually one of my favorite yeah. verses. Yeah, Dude, I, I mean, look, verse. once again, it's awesome on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Stressed yeah. out is Stressed dope. Out like is there dope. are dope yeah. songs, but once again, it didn't feel chemistry. Jam is on like I didn't hear chemistry between them, so I wasn't surprised at the end of it because sometimes. You gotta let go to keep the friendship, and that obviously didn't happen here. They had they they just whatever whatever was so personal between them, they had to let that shit go for. And I get it, you know, like it happens, especially when you're creatives. Like it's it's probably really hard to be creative mm -hmm. with somebody when business gets involved, and then people start talking about people are naturally gonna be like, oh, one person is better than the other. Right, right. I mean, you know, Dre, little brother, Dre, Dre, big boy. Well, but yeah, but here's the thing about well, you're talking about like Pooh and Fonte. Yeah, Pooh. Well, because but Pooh is. <laughs> Clearly yeah. not a good rap. Not, but what, not but what I'm Fonte. saying is like a situation where you know that it kind of. Gets I think more of ninth and Fonte is where I think that plays out more because mm, in the interviews too. after you started hearing Fonte talk, well, there was really more than one producer in the group. I was directing yeah. traffic as much as you know, you know, ninth was making beats, but you know the creation of the record, like you would hear those discussions. You know what I'm saying? So. I kind of heard the downfall coming on Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Yeah. Just because you come off of such an awesome album, and you would think that creatively y'all can keep going in the same direction somehow, mm. but they started bringing in other people yeah. to kind of... Yeah. I think yeah, the key word you said right now is, is chemistry. Because mm. damn it, if that doesn't apply right here. Uh, but yo, Midnight Marauders. And then that was lost. One thing before. I will say, though, about Be the Beats, Rhymes, and Life situation, you're obviously a big Pun and Joe fan, right? Like... And when you hear Joe talk in these interviews, you know, Joe's like, look, I was in full go mode. I was an MC. I was respected. I heard Big Pun and Big Pun could do things that I just couldn't do. So I had to step back and just be like, yo, let him be great. Like, I feel like that's kind of what happened with Q-Tip and Dilla, right? Like, like Q-Tip had somebody who was kind of his protege. And then he realized that the protege just had a level of talent that he was just like, wow. Yeah. Good question. And he stepped back. <laughs> you think Dilla's like one of the greatest producers, hip hop producers ever? Yeah. He's in my top five. Is he on your uh, Dilla producer? Yeah. Interesting. He's not in my top five. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, anyway, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to have think, that conversation. Yeah, I'm not I trying mean, to get and, we, and we don't even have to. Just, just some of the things that he has done, like in terms of, you know, even early on the tempo changes in the middle of records was like was like outrageous right it's like oh shit and he was do he was doing things that technically somebody like q-tip probably was one of the only people who could but really he appreciate enhance that for album? what it you is think the dilla influence on that album made it a good album oh no 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 but i think dilla was a kid the same way i think consequence was a kid right so so you you see a kid who has all this crazy raw natural talent you want to let them grow up to be what Dilla became, right? And so that's what what it is is like him kind of stepping out of the way and allowing him to to move forward. But I agree, this is a much better album and much more cohesive, and the chemistry definitely was lost. I don't think that Love Movement is as bad as you think it is. I don't think so either. But, it's, I don't yeah. think it's great. I think there's good things to like about it, but. Yeah. I could understand why you would be frustrated with it. Have you listened to that album in the past twenty years? Yes, yes. of course. Really? Yes. Yeah. That is amazing to me. Yeah. I applaud your effort. <laughs> my pad and my pen. <laughs>
I mean, listen to Billy Boy. Yeah, it's, it's, I, yo, it's some records. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, the fandom is to the detriment. I yeah, mean, right, you know, yeah. same with Woo. It's yeah. like I, I should have. <laughs> yeah. I should have stopped. That was a good. That was a good example. <laughs> I should have stopped copying albums. Like how many albums ago? And I know but you're a Woo head, so clearly a Woo head. Yeah, Woo yeah, head I'm head. not. They, they, they've had some. They've had some. Now Woo has had some. Has had some duds. Oh, they've had a lot. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go on a limb. Say they probably have more duds. As an entire collective, then That's they have true. actual no, like because they like, they, they made the point. mistake of oversaturating the market. Yeah. So is that something for all of us to well, learn from? The other thing yeah. too is that like the Wu Tang was really riding the coattails off a of Ghostface Killer for a while, yeah. which so surprising because so I surprising. think that, yeah, we never would you know. Nineteen ninety three, no one would ever think that oh Ghostface Killer is going to keep them afloat. Yeah. But like pretty much, like all right, pretty Tony, pretty Tony album wasn't great. But it wasn't wasn't it was bad. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Big Doe rehab wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But then right. you have like Fishgale, yeah. like and obviously Supreme Clientele at a time when all their albums were just trash. Right. But yeah, anyway. early on they did a good job of kind of like really like divine and power were like yo you have to do this to use the the woo affiliate brand yo eventually they just let everybody use the it was like oh woo affiliate, woo affiliate. there were whoever. dudes there were dudes in germany that that like yeah. um but was coming out with woo logos yeah. like they'd never been to america like they never met before so, so bringing it full yeah. circle yeah right right just the fact that it's a trap called quest doing whatever mm-hmm. it's like oh them i support because again full disclosure this album is is the soundtrack of that time in my life. Yeah, low end theory. This basically they could just burp on a record. I'm gonna buy it because I, I support you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So I'm, so yeah. The other thing too is moment. that you know it says something when, like we were just talking about how we become like such diehard fans of an artist or a group mm-hmm. that you know no matter what they put out we're gonna try to listen to it. But one of the mm-hmm. reasons why it's not just this is that. You know, like I said, People's Instinctive Travels and through right. yeah. was yeah. a classic at the time. It was, I think, it was the first five Mike yeah. album in the source. But then they followed that up with Low End Theory. Then yeah, they then followed I, that yeah. up with Midnight Marauders. So right. it's just like, there's, you mm. know, to have like three albums that are that strong, boom, boom, boom. You know, you mm. got to think that like they can still do something because. Yeah. Even if they're not putting out a bunch of good music, like they still have like a banger here and there. Like the new yeah, joint that's has true. some joints that's on true. it. Even and when the, the Q2 solo album, yeah. yeah, same deal. It was like it was. Uh, oh no, I'm not talking about Renaissance. You're talking about Amplify. About, uh, so Amplify. Like, Let's ride on yeah, there. Oh my god, bangers. I love that song. Yo, that's some yeah. Adela's like yes. best work on there. I think with Q-Tip, you're you're never gonna have just anything that's just straight trash. Like I, I he's just right. he's a genius. And like, despite the hot take, uh, you know that we got in here today that he's a bad rapper, <laughs> I prefer his. I mean, lyrics to go, the chase. Mean, I, I mean, I think I, we can get down is definitely where I say Fife killed it, and mm. he got it. Electric relaxation. He didn't kill him on that. I'm only I'm only saying that because I see he, maybe he didn't his punchline game was so strong oh, on that yeah. album on that, that album. it makes me that I think of those lines over Tip's lines on that song but that yeah. I mean the song is so iconic I wouldn't want to take away anything from it like it's an Definitely. iconic rap song I right. think on paper some of Q-Tip's bars are a little weak so lyrically is where he is not strong but mm-hmm. flow wise as a rapper like and as mm-hmm. a voice and as yeah, a he's presence, hip-hop through and through like, I, do, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of these producers that are rappers they use their voices as instruments more Which than anything should. um and i think he definitely does D- dilla's J- the best Quick. I, the best to me like representation of that because like he literally raps like a drummer like his cadences the way they hit is like like a drummer like so you can tell that he's a drummer by the way he raps so i think like that's yeah. probably some of what we get from q-tip is his voice is an instrument here all right so any other thoughts anyone before we close out r.i.p five dog definitely r.i.p five dog if you could do one thing to change this album and make it better one would you and two what would it be the only thing i'm thinking of is is that there is room for features i mean you know obviously buster and large professor you know but there's just a little bit more room Hmm. possibly for that who would you put let's see this is 93 yeah Maybe someone from Native Tongue camp. Yeah, like De La. Somebody I mean, from De La. Dave, I mean, Dove's yeah, on there. Dove's I mean, on there. Yeah. But I wouldn't make a single change. Uh, yeah, album. Sure I, I love either. this album so much as it is. Like, it truly, I got, like I said, if I was left to myself and I had to go to a, a de- deserted island, this is the album I'm bringing with me. And mm. I am perfectly fine running this 24-7 for the rest of my days <laughs> yeah. on an island. And I feel like I got everything that I need to get out of an album here. 
I think that's a perfect way to close it off. True, true indeed. All right, so yeah, so thanks for Carlos and Panama for coming out. Peace, peace. Honey, check it out, you got me mesmerized with your black hair and your fat ass thighs. Street poetry is my everyday, but yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Hey yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dwarf from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But sex was on my mind for the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop dimes because you couldn't relate. You, let yourself, you couldn't relate.